Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of This Week in Rust on the Rustation Station. As always, I'm Nell Shamrell Harrington, lead editor of This Week in Rust and also a senior staff research engineer on the Rust team at Mozilla. Let's dive right into some featured stories from This Week in Rust, issue number 346. First, a few announcements from the Rust organization. The RustUp working group has published a post announcing RustUp 1.22.0. RustUp is the recommended tool to install Rust. See the post for all the details about this new version. Additionally, Ashley Mannix has published ownership of the standard library implementation on behalf of the library or libs team. The Rust project is reorganizing standard library activities between the libs team and the compiler team. Going forward, the libs team will own the public API of the standard library, while the compiler team will own the standard library's implementation. Both teams are looking for more help from the community. If you are interested in identifying and capturing idioms as standard APIs, check out the libs team. If you are interested in working on a big code base used by almost every Rust developer, check out the compiler team. There are details on how to contact both teams in the post. If you are looking for an exploration of Rust web frameworks, look no further than Luca Palmieri's post titled Choosing a Rust Web Framework 2020 Edition. This is a very thorough overview of the main web frameworks in the Rust ecosystem, including Actix Web, Rocket, Tide, and Warp. In this article, Palmieri breaks down each framework and explains where it stands when it comes to comprehensiveness, community and adoption, sync versus async, as well as their choice of futures runtime, documentation, tutorials and examples, and API and ergonomics. Definitely read the article for the full analysis of all these runtimes and recommendations. Saim Irfan, whose article on Rocket we featured last week on this podcast, has already published a follow-on titled Simple Rust Web Framework Tutorial Post Request. This follow-up to last week's post takes the reader through how to use Rocket to create a form that submits a post request. André Homescu has published a post on transpiling a kernel module to Rust, the good, the bad, and the ugly. In the post, Homoscu takes a Linux kernel module, specifically the bare flank hypervisor SDK, and transpiles it to Rust. This post covers translating the C files into Rust, compiling the generated Rust, and linking everything into a loadable kernel module. This week, we saw Boats back with another blog post called Ringbond 2, the central state machine. Their previous blog posts introduced Ringbond, a safe API for using IO erring from Rust. IOERing is a way to do asynchronous input-output programming, also known as I.O. programming, under Linux with very low performance overheads. Ringbon is a project which attempts to define a good interface to perform I.O. on IOERing through Rust. Boat's post is a deep dive into the core state machine of Ringbon, which is what makes it memory safe. Check out the post for the full details. Also related to memory safety, Dylan Curler has published a post titled, What is a Dangling Pointer? The article starts by defining what exactly a pointer is. It's a fixed size integer that points to a location in memory. It then goes on to explain that a dangling pointer happens when you have a pointer to a location of memory where a value was once stored, but the value has since been dropped. In languages like C++, dangling pointers can cause errors that are not discovered until runtime. 
The article then goes on through how the Rust compiler will not allow you to create a dangling pointer. Compiling will fail and you will get an error telling you how to fix it. This article also covers smart pointers in Rust. Fyro Solutions has published a blog post called Superhero Rust Fuzzing. It defines fuzzing as the art of finding bugs by feeding a program automated generated data. It also covers several different fuzzing solutions you can use with your Rust code, including American Fuzzy Loop, or AFL, LibFuzzer, HongFuzz, and Address Sanitizer. Moving on to RFCs, one new RFC was proposed this week called IndexGet and IndexSet. This RFC addresses the fact that some collections, such as BitSet or Cache, are unable to return direct references to the elements in that collection. This means that syntax we would use to access the elements of an array or a vec currently does not work with these collections. This RFC proposes two new traits, IndexGet and IndexSet, that would allow a user to use this syntax with these kinds of collections. Check out the full RFC for all the details. Three RFCs are now in final comment period. The first of these proposes adding a new function attribute called instruction set that allows you to declare what instruction set should be used when compiling a function. An instruction set is an agreement about how software will communicate with the processor. Some processors support having more than one instruction set used within a single program. Adding the instruction set attribute to Rust allows someone to use multiple instruction sets within a piece of Rust code. This attribute would initially only be usable with certain ARM architectures, but other architectures could be added in later. The second RFC in final comment period is titled Inline Constant Expressions and Patterns. This RFC introduces a new syntax which instructs the compiler to execute the contents of a block at compile time. An inline constant can be used as an expression or anywhere in a pattern where a name constant would be allowed. The third RFC in final comment period is titled Inline Assembly. This RFC proposes a more user-friendly syntax for including inline assembly in Rust code. I encourage you to read the RFC for full details. No RFCs were approved this week. Moving on to events. It is still so wonderful to see so many meetups from around the world available to attend online. I personally had the pleasure of attending the Rust Dublin meetup last week. One tip on attending these remote meetups. Make sure to RSVP on meetup.com before the meetup starts. That way you will be able to see the Zoom link when the time comes. There are upcoming remote events in Berlin, San Diego, California, Turin, Italy, and my own hometown of Seattle, Washington. Additionally, some meetups are at this time planning to meet in person, including in Atlanta, Georgia, Lehigh, Utah, and Vancouver, BC. As the COVID-19 pandemic is still an evolving situation, please be sure to check the meetup page before you go, just in case the meetup is moved to another location or is moved online. As for Rust job postings, there are currently two Rust development opportunities at 1Password. Check out the links in the newsletter for all of the details. And that's all for this episode of the This Week in Rust podcast. Make sure to read the newsletter for even more great Rust content. This Week in Rust is edited by myself, Andre Bogus, and Colton Donnelly. This week's contributors included, using their GitHub usernames, The Data King, Inshla Yaz, Jason Williams, P. Lineker, and Dalen. As always, if you write a great article on Rust or happen to see one, please submit it to This Week in Rust by opening a pull request on our GitHub repo. Have a wonderful week, everyone, and please take care.